Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mamas, matrescence really is this time in our life as a woman where we are exploring who we are becoming. My guest today on the podcast describes it as the liminal space of motherhood. I loved that so much, I had to get her on the podcast. I'm speaking about Jessie Harold. She is a doula, coach, and author, has been a doula for 12 years and works with women on the rites of passage, especially of motherhood. She talks about the liminal space being a time where we are considering the end of one thing and the beginning of another. A really beautiful way to acknowledge what we feel in those years of motherhood. It is a space to explore a space that can feel uncomfortable, a space that is asking us to be quiet, to consider what it is we are letting go and who we are becoming. But in our current culture, which pushes us to go back to being busy, back to who we used to be, that liminal space is often ignored, denied and overlooked. In this conversation, you will learn how to honour that liminal space in your life right now. Enjoy. This is the Happy Mama Movement, a weekly podcast dedicated to changing the conversation about what it means to be a mother and a woman in this day and age. I'm Amy Taylor-Cabaz, author, mama and former journalist. After spending 15 years chasing news and burning myself out trying to be superwoman, I realised that I was chasing a dream that no longer served me. And since then, have dedicated myself to understanding the transition that we go through as women when our whole identity shifts with motherhood. Every week, I will bring you the very best insights and inspiration I can find to help us all change the way we feel about this time in our lives and create a movement that allows us to honour motherhood differently. 
Jesse, thank you so much for joining the podcast. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with you. Oh, me too. Thanks so much for having me. It took us a little while to get this coordinated due to time zones and COVID-19, but here we are. You have been a doula for more than a decade. You're an author, a coach, a mama, and you work in particular with women on the transitions in their life, that real rite of passage where you are moving through a different transformation of who you were and who you're becoming. And of course, my ears pricked up at hearing about that because that is what I'm fascinated with is this space of transformation of early motherhood. But let's start first with your own experience of motherhood. You've been a doula for 12 years, and uh, but your children are younger than 12. So you entered motherhood very much understanding what it was about, I assume. <laughs> I love the question mark <laughs> at the end of that, yes. Yeah, that's right. I assume because none of us really yeah. know, do we? <laughs> It's so true. Well, it's interesting because I've reflected on this quite a lot um, because I work with women a lot around the transition into motherhood and in matrescence. And um, I, I want to say that I maybe came to this work because I had the advantage of, um, you know, those years of sort of witnessing birth. So most women, when they become mothers, they spend a lot of their time um, as we know, kind of preoccupied in that sort of what's going to happen as I birth this baby. Um, and we don't actually spend a lot of time thinking about the days and weeks and months after that. Um, and because I felt like, you know, maybe I had that kind of, um, at, at least I witnessed it before many, many times and, and sort of knew what I was going into. I think my interest in my prenatal time, um, with both my kids lie more with the sort of what comes afterwards. Um, and I had had a couple of experiences with clients, um, who had had some really challenging times in the postpartum period. And so I really, um, kind of had my eye on that time frame and wondered like, what is going to happen to me, um, as a person, as a woman, when I make this transition into motherhood. And so I think I had that, that somewhat of an advantage having um, witnessed birth for uh, a few years before I became a mother. And in your doula training, because as both you and I know, the term doula, the whole idea of being there to support the mother as she transitions into being a mother, came from the same woman who who coined the term matrescence, Dana Raphael. When you trained as a doula, how much was there in understanding what happens after that? At the time of my training, so we have to think back, this was 12 years ago. So things like, you know, terms like the fourth trimester um, or the first 40 days postpartum weren't really circulating at that time. And, and so my training was predominantly sort of pragmatic in nature. And, mm. and I have to say that I think a lot of it still is. And in fact, a lot of our dialogue, our discourse around the postpartum period is quite pragmatic in nature. So, you know, how to change diapers, how to make really strong coffee, like it's the mm-hmm. how-to, <laughs> um, rather than the who am I going to become, right? And so, um, so I, I don't think my doula training per se prepared me um, for supporting women in the way that I do now in the postpartum period. But I do have to say that my doula, um, was really supportive in that way. And and that was sort of the the vast majority of the mentorship and guidance she gave me was around that question. Who am I now, um, Mm. that I'm a mother. 
Yeah. What a blessing. And the reason I ask is because my eldest daughter is 12 and I really relate with what you said about what we focused on. And as you know, you've read my book and, and, and you know my work, that question of, well, who am I now? No one was talking about it, Jesse. You know, like it really was about breastfeeding and burping and wrapping and sleeping. And I looked around and I was like, isn't anybody talking about what I'm feeling here because I do not know what's going on and I do not know who I am anymore. And so I think over the last decade this has been the big shift in how we support women and mamas, and we've still got a long way to go, that we are now starting to have doulas, midwives, everybody, even yoga teachers and Pilates teachers starting to look that mama in the eye and saying, and what about you? How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're getting there slowly, but surely. Um, and I think it's the kind of conversations like the one you, were start, you started um, with your book and the work that I'm doing and the work of so many other um, uh, people that are starting to kind of raise the awareness around the identity shift into motherhood and that transition, which I think takes two to three years, um, at least, you know, to to kind of, I know you've said before that, you know, like, yes, we're always kind of evolving in our motherhood and learning new skills and learning new ways to, to be a mother. I also think that there's sort of this two to three year time frame where, um, that identity shift happens where you go from, you know, not a mother yet and not embodying that role, I want to say, um, to feeling like, you know, when someone calls mom, you could conceive that they might be talking about you. <laughs> Wow. Someone else, right? What a great way to put it in context around that. So I agree. I mean, I often say I think the full cycle of realizing how this affects you and who you are now is about seven years. It's sort of once they start school and you've got that first back to school, beginning of school transition under your belt, you kind of finally look up and look around and think, Mm. oh my God, what just happened and who am I? But Mm. I do think that you talk about the liminal space, this almost empty space, this space where you, uh, when I think of the word liminal, it's almost this suspended in nothingness. And I don't mean that to sound negative. It's almost a wonderful experience if you can name it and own it. But that liminal space of not yet and not who you used to be, would be around that two to three years at the beginning. So what have you seen in your work over all this year, these years? What happens in that liminal space and how would you describe it to a mama who's listening and thinks, yeah, yeah, that's where I am? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it. You know, you're not, not a mother anymore, but you're not yet fully embodied in your motherhood. Um, and it's, it's a space that's really uncomfortable and it's uncomfortable for women individually. And it's also uncomfortable for us kind of culturally, um, because it is a kind of a space of stillness, a space of not knowing, um, you know, in a, in a culture where we can Google just about anything, um, it can be really hard to sit in this space of not knowing who you are. Um, and, and I think that what I witness time and time again is women trying to kind of bypass that very uncomfortable liminal space. Um, and so what we do is we, we kind of try to either recreate the circumstances of our 
pre-children's life or pre, pre-kid life. Um, it, you know, that kind of idea of getting back to you know, your old jeans or your hot coffee or whatever that might have looked like. Um, so, so there's that kind of, you know, uh, um, aspect of the liminal space. Um, and I think there's just this general sort of discomfort with it. And we, we often, I often see women trying to kind of do a lot, you know, achieve a lot, um, or, you know, they tend to kind of, um, want to sort of organize or situate their, their sort of very liminal life that you have with a baby where there's no real schedule and, um, and everything is kind of up in the air, trying to organize that or schedule it in some way. And so, and, you know, it's, it's a time when, um, like our capitalist patriarchy really doesn't, you know, make it easy for a person to be in a state of not knowing, in a state of being, overdoing, um, in a state of resting, which is often what is most needed during that time. Um, and, and, and a time when you don't necessarily have tangible goals or outcomes or, you know, a clear kind of destination in mind, that's all very kind of countercultural. So it can be a really uncomfortable place to be. And I think for women individually, um, when, you know, as so many of us do, we kind of predicate our value on our ability to do, to be productive, to get lots done, um, to, you know, create value in that kind of way in our life. And we have to kind of, um, go through this identity shift really in terms of like, you know, who am I now that my, um, my, my way of finding value in myself and in the world, um, doesn't exist uh, anymore, you know, and we know there's plenty of value in raising the next generation of humans. Um, but society of course doesn't see it that way. So the liminal space is, is, can be very uncomfortable. And I think another reason why it can be uncomfortable is that what we don't, um, support well in our culture is the process of grieving, um, your past self when you become a mother. And we tend to bypass that too. It's, it's quite taboo in fact, because it's usually sort of seen as a quote unquote positive shift in your life. And so there's not a lot of room for a conversation about feeling sad that your life is different than it used to be. Um, that you're no longer the person you used to, to, to be and to know yourself to be. Um, so I think all of those things can make that liminal space really, really challenging. And at the same time, when we can, when we can kind of hold our feet to the fire a little bit in a liminal space. So I mean by that to, to, to find ways to stay there, um, and to kind of stay in the messiness rather than trying to recreate our past or rush into sort of this, this future or this life as mama, um, that we haven't quite maybe defined for ourselves yet. If we can stay in that place of liminality, there's so much incredible stuff that can happen there. Um, so much beautiful self-knowledge and self-awareness that can occur. Um, and so I, I'm, you know, quite interested in having more conversations about, you know, how can we hold here in this yes. space of not knowing? Yeah. And we'll dive into that because that's exactly what I want to hear from you. But just as you're reflecting on all of that just then, you were talking about how we often bypass all of this and we rush back to recreate our old life to sort of um, avoid the uncomfortableness of this. But we also ask mamas to rush back to who they used to be in our work 
you know, I know in parts of the world, we ask women to go back to their jobs within six weeks. We ask them to show back up in society as quickly as possible who they used to be. And so there is such a deep contrast here where the transition of motherhood in its beautiful natural state is asking us to pause, wait, sit in it, uh, as you beautifully said, put your feet to the fire of this rite of passage. But everything else around us is saying, no, 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 quick, go back to who you were, prove to the world that you're still productive and busy and capable. What a contrast we're asking women to experience every day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's, you know, it follows them that so many mamas feel like they're doing something wrong or that they're not normal because they are in that liminal space. They can't really deny that. And yet the world is telling them they should have figured it out by now. Um, exactly so yeah so I, I feel it's important to say to everybody who's listening when we now go into talking about how you can safely stay in the liminal space and I mean that safely feel like you're you're protected and nurtured and honored in this space we're also acknowledging that this is going against everything that you're probably being drawn to do that it is a a choice and a challenge at times to choose to not rush back, to choose to be a little bit uncomfortable and say no. So I just want to say that up front. This is going against the current, but it's so damn worth it <laughs> if you can. So, Jesse, how do we do this safely? How do we allow ourselves to be in this space of not knowing of grieving and undoing and waiting to become the next without feeling completely alone, lost, scared, uncertain? How do we sit in this space safely? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's, so when I'm teaching my program Mother Shift, um, there are certain, what I call kind of skills and competencies that I think that we can grow as mamas and as women, as a collective of women, really, that help us to hold in liminal space and also that help us kind of generally to resource ourselves well as we're traversing radical transformation, like the, like the transformation into motherhood. Um, and so I'll kind of maybe go over them like really briefly and we can dive in deeper if you want to. Um, so the first is self-care or tending. So it's tending is, is what I think of as about 30,000 steps before self-care. And it's actually learning to meet your own needs. And so it's not bubble baths or pedicures. It's actually, you know, peeing when you need to pee. Yes. <laughs> I always joke with, you know, we've all done that. Um, not peeing when you need to pee. And so it's the kind of analogy that I use that, that um, you know, there are three steps to tending that we recognize, validate, and meet our own needs. And it's really, it's what we learn to do sometimes for the first time with our babies. Um, you know, our baby cries and we kind of try to figure out why that is and, mm. and we fix it. Right. And, and so we need to kind of learn how to do that with ourselves and, and actually remother ourselves in a way. Um, and so that's one of the first, first pieces. Um, another piece that I teach the women that I work with is to engage in ritual and begin to um, create daily or regular rituals for themselves. And it literally can be as easy as 
you know, pouring yourself a glass of water and just as you're drinking it saying, this is nourishment. Um, ritual is a way of slowing down our lives and noticing them. And it's a lot like a gratitude practice. And so ritual, I think, is a really important um, competency or skill that mamas and all women can develop as they're traversing big change and sort of being in this liminal space. Um, another piece is inner knowing. So cultivating a relationship with your intuition, you know, because we, we kind of, we do a lot of outsourcing of that knowledge and, and wisdom that we actually already have within us. If, and, and the liminal space is a beautiful time to you know, get in touch with that because it's a quiet time. You know, there's, there's not a lot of mental chatter necessarily. Um, sometimes literally when you're up at two o'clock in the morning breastfeeding, like there's sort of a lot of staring at walls. It's a beautiful time and space, um, a very natural space that's created to be able to hear your own voice, your own inner voice, which will tell you when it's time, um, what's next and who you're becoming and what's important to you now. Um, and those are the messages that of course we're, we're listening to the most or we're needing to listen to the most. And the other pieces are, I'll go over them really quickly, um, community. So looking to create community. And sometimes in the liminal space, we don't know where we belong yet. Um, but starting to experiment and explore with that. Um, and it's okay that, you know, it, it, if the people that you thought you might hang out with before you became a mother aren't the same people anymore that you want to be with. And that you're sort of learning where you belong at the same time as you're learning who you are. Really good point. Really good point. Yeah. Yeah. Creativity is another one. I think women's creative potential is um, at its height when we're in our kind of birthing and mothering years. And so um, learning how to kind of trust that creativity and tap into it. Um, And then I actually think that earth connection is really important as well. And I think so many women feel more connected to the, both the earth and, and to their bodies. And also, so, so, you know, learning to kind of understand and possibly even befriend your mother body um, is another kind of really important piece. And so I think all of, all of those things are, you know, the, that liminal space, that transition to motherhood is a time that's so ripe for exploring those skills and none of them require you to know who you are and what's happening next. Um, and they all sort of allow you some nourishment and, and, and something that you can carry forward into, you know, your life as a mother. And I think the big question that we're all asking ourselves is, who am I now? What matters most to me now that I'm a mother? And so these are also ways to kind of tap into that self-awareness and that realignment or reorientation toward our bodies. Mm, beautiful summary of everything that I think we really do need to be aware of I also see in your work that you talk um, a bit about rewilding which is something I adore talking about and learning about and honoring in my own life for those who don't know what this means in terms of the transition of matrescence and womanhood what does rewilding mean to you Hmm. Yes. Great question. Thank you, Amy, for asking that. It's one of my, uh, not everybody sees the connection. I actually came to the idea of rewilding through my work as um, a doula because Mm. there's no time when we're more wild. I mean, we're just, (laughs) we're 
right? We're as primal as we get. And, and, you know, that connection that we have with the earth is never more profound as when we're a mammal, you know, like we're just, we're, we're operating as close to sort of our basic fundamental mammalian nature, um, as we, as we ever do when we're in those early years of, of, you know, childbearing and, and so rewilding. So, so there is that kind of, you know, you think of the word rewilding and you think maybe you're tromping through the woods. I actually kind of think of the idea of rewilding the heart and those seven skills that I just spoke of are actually what I think of as rewilding the heart, like these kind of, um, inner skills and capacities that I think, um, are really rooted in an ancestral knowledge that we've lost, in many ways. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a time, this sort of stage of early motherhood is a time to reclaim those and to rewild ourselves to, to become more, um, more attuned to our animal nature, more attuned to our bodies, more attuned to the community of women around us. Um, there's such beautiful work to be done, um, in those early mothering years. And I see it so often with the women I work with. Absolutely. It's the return to the feminine, to this divine feminine, the way that it used to be that we have been told to reject and ignore and suppress in so many ways. I just, you know, for those who listen to my podcast every week, you'll, you have heard me say this so many times, but my goodness, if we could guide new mamas and mamas with teenagers if they feel like they didn't get this opportunity to see this transformation as the most divine and powerful opportunity to unhook from all of those expectations, busyness, patriarchy, everything that we were told was important. This is the liminal space. This is the space for you to sit there and say, you know what? I don't think that's right. I don't think that that sits well with me anymore. It's just such a beautiful opportunity, isn't it? Absolutely. I so agree. I feel like you know, so many women, mothers and non-mothers alike, are are kind of going through their own initiations, really, into the rite of passage. I I, I consider this um, this rising feminine in us, this um, sort of acknowledgement and valuation of the feminine archetype. I actually see that as a global rite of passage, yes. and then I see motherhood, yeah, as being the individual initiation, um, into that, um, valuation of the feminine. And so I think mothers have this, yeah, this tremendous opportunity to, to not only experience that and to, to have the experience of, of the rising feminine within themselves, but then also be a leader, um, be leaders in this global transformation, because who knows the feminine, again, the archetypal feminine better, than a woman who is thrust into this liminal space where she's becoming more attuned to her body, her inner knowing, her sense of community, her creativity, her ritual, um, her self-care and her earth connection. Like that's what we need. And mamas are right there in the heat of it, um, learning all of these things firsthand. Mm. 
couldn't agree more. This is how mamas rise and transform the world. Jessie, thank you so much. I knew that our conversation would land with me deeply and it completely did. I think that it's just so exciting to know that in all pockets of the world, it feels these conversations are beginning to start rumbling and growing in volume. So thank you for doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a wonderful conversation. I love the way Jessie spoke about the uncomfortableness of this liminal space and how often we want to bypass the great gifts that this time in our life can bring. Because it's uncomfortable, because it's not celebrated and honoured and spoken about in the right way and not supported by our cultural society, we often rush back to who we were. We recreate our old life to avoid the uncomfortableness of this change. I invite you, now that you've listened to this conversation, to begin to bring in some of these ideas to honour the liminal space in your life to bring in ritual, creativity, rest, nourishment, to really begin to allow yourself the space to see what it is that is ending and grieve it and what it is that is becoming and give it your time and attention. Please share this podcast far and wide so we know more mamas are able to honour this time in their life differently. This is how we are going to rise up. These are the conversations that are going to change our world. As Jessie and I both said, we're in the middle of a massive transition on a global scale of doing things differently. So share this podcast interview with all your mama friends and leave a review so more can find it. You can see more of Jessie's work at jessieharold with a double r dot com. And all details are in the show notes. Until next week, Satnam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.